Good evening, my name is Gavi and you are listening to a very special show here on Radio Sega. It is time for the history of Sonic the Hedgehog. So, you've probably heard me talking about this on Saturday Night Sega for the past few weeks. If you haven't, then let me um, fill you in on what we're doing. For tonight, and for the next three weeks after tonight, we are presenting the entire chronological history of Sonic the Hedgehog, from his very early days back in 1991 to the newest games released, uh, which I'm hoping will be Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games, uh, should I find a soundtrack, otherwise it'll be Sonic Runners. If you haven't um, read the blog post that went up last night, basically we're going to be playing one track from every single Sonic game released that Radio Sega has a soundtrack for, with a couple of exceptions. Um, if you're expecting to hear the totally shocking uh, PC version of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, uh, that's not included. Because the way I see it, it's just a really poor version of the, uh, the, the Mega Drive game. When it comes to the soundtrack, there's actual no notable difference that I can tell. Uh, we also don't have Tails and the Music Maker or Sonic's Schoolhouse, because obviously we don't have the soundtracks for those. And Sonic Eraser, which came out on the Mega Drive Telnet download service, whatever it was called, um, is also not included, because it's basically a Sonic game purely because it had a Sonic sprite in it. It had nothing to do with Sonic whatsoever, unlike something like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which was a Poyo Poyo clone, but at least, you know, was entirely modelled um, and skinned to fit in with the Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog TV series that had come out um, at the time. Also, TV series themselves are not included because they're not video games. We're purely concentrating on video games. If you have any requests for this show, um, I'm afraid to say that they're not valid because we're not doing requests during this show at all. Um, you've got plenty of opportunity to listen in to your favourite Sonic tracks. So, um, you know, during the 24-7 stream. So this is sort of our way of... I don't know really, um, providing a chronological history and hopefully opening your ears to some brand new music at the same time. But you know, there's a couple of good tracks in there, you know, there's a couple of tracks that um, that you'll have heard of, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, so, where, when talking about something, do we start? It's generally a good idea to start in the beginning. Um, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do the show here. I think we're going to do it in blocks of three. So the same way that a Saturday Night Sega would normally work. Um, and we'll do it that way and we'll see how we go. You'll have to bear with me a minute. There's a track I want. There we are. That's the one. Okay, so we start at the beginning, which means that we're starting in the year 1991. Oh, um, I, I should probably point out as well, for um, for the sake of this timeline, it has been created via Wikipedia and the Sonic News Network Wiki fansite. Um, basically, we've tried to list games in their earliest release date anywhere in the world. So if you're an American, 
the dates that uh, the games that are being played here might not be in the same order that you're familiar with, the same way as if you're in from Europe or if you're listening from anywhere in the world. So, if we said, for example, um, just to throw an, uh, a game out here, which you know I don't mind saying out loud, um, I'd originally got Sonic CD as being listed before Sonic Chaos, but then when I actually sort of looked into it and then remembered a bit of knowledge that I knew, um, Sonic Chaos actually came out first, so I had to change it. So you do do be aware that if if you live in a country where Sonic Chaos came out after Sonic CD, this is going to be wrong for you because that's not the way we've done it. So with that in mind, let us start at the very beginning. Back in 1991, 25 years ago, in fact 25 years ago this month, Sega, wanting to pull one over on uh, Nintendo and completely beat the opposition um, after the Nintendo Entertainment System was so easily triumphing in the video game market, decided that Alex Kidd as a mascot wasn't quite going to cut it. And after a couple of, you know, different designs, you know, bunny rabbits, a man in pyjamas, they, they stumbled across a hedgehog who they called Mr. Needlemouse. And they eventually renamed him, and they renamed him to Sonic the Hedgehog. We start... I'm not going to sort of go through that many facts during this show, because to be honest with you, I don't have that many to hand. But where I can sort of gleam some out, um, we will we'll share some. So, we start tonight's show with arguably one of the most iconic Sonic the Hedgehog tracks. As we start with Sonic the Hedgehog on the Mega Drive. Uh, We then move on to Sonic the Hedgehog on the Master System and the Game Gear. Because after its successful uh, Mega Drive debut, a scaled back 8-bit version was created. Also in 1991. And then we move into 1992. With arguably the biggest and highest selling video game sequel for a very very long time. Um, So big in fact that back in 92 Sega never actually compiled uh, release figures like sales figures because there was no such thing as a video game chart back then but if you were to guesstimate that over a hundred million copies were sold you might not be too far from the mark. You're listening to Radio Sega's History of Sonic and to be honest there's only one way you can really start this show.
Sonic the Hedgehog 2 from the Mega Drive and Metropolis Zone there, finishing that block of three tracks with uh, Jungle Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog 8-bit, sandwiched in the middle. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog on was, by this point, a fantastic franchise, Sega clearly knowing they were onto a winner, and before you know it, Sonic was everywhere. Um, in 1992, that's, I think, when the merchandise really started to roll in. You could start getting things like spaghetti hoops and t-shirts and bedding. Of course, like, the big reveals weren't to come until later on. So, 1993, obviously seeing Sonic the comic. But we're not into 1993 yet. We're, we're still in 1992. And to go through some of the games that are coming up in this next block... Um, you'd have to really sort of really make sure that after, well, after Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Mega Drive, again, like the first game, a Master System in Game Gear version was inevitable, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 uh, was released. In some countries, it was seen as being the very first time that you saw Tails, uh, because in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 did come out first. Um, but in most places, the Mega Drive version got the jump on it. So, whilst uh, Tails was playable in the Mega Drive versions, um, he was not in the Master System one, where you had to go and uh, rescue him from the clutches of Dr. Robotnik. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Master System probably also notable for the fact where if you actually try to complete the game without collecting all the Chaos Emeralds, it's implied that Tails dies. <laughs> which is kind of scary. Um, after the after those after the eight uh, bit track that we're about to play, the next couple are the aforementioned Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, because in 1992 that's when we got Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Because of course it was um, the first of the animated um, TV series, of which there ended up being five. I guess, um, if you want to count Sonic Boom in that, and it was quite good. I quite enjoyed, um, quite enjoyed the Mean Bean Machines. <laughs> um, completely losing my train of thought. This is going well, isn't it? I'm trying to use this as a documentary show, and I'm, I'm just completely losing where I'm going. I should try not to read the IRC whilst hosting a show because we're trying not to interact with people uh, whilst doing this and instead I'm laughing. So Dr. Robotics Mean Bean Machine, as we'd mentioned at the start of the show, um, was basically a Poyo Poyo clone, but instead of having like Poyo Poyo characters and Poyo Poyo music, you had basically very slightly remixed Poyo Poyo music and Dr. Robotnik characters everywhere and badniks from the show Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And not a hedgehog in sight, which I would imagine makes Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine the first Sonic game that didn't have Sonic in it. Which is a bit weird. Um, in fact, actually looking through my Sonic list, there wouldn't be another Sonic game that doesn't have Sonic in until you got to Knuckles Chaotix in 1995. So, there you go. That's a bit of a weird one. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Again, as with uh, Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, Mean Bean Machine came out on the Mega Drive and the Master System, and 24 hours ago I wasn't quite sure I was going to include the Master System version, but then I found a release date for it, and I saw where it slotted in. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another block of music here, and hopefully we've got a bit more to talk about after this one, because after this, we've got three pretty big games. So, from 1992... We have Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the Master System version, and then we go into another year in 1993 with both the 16 and the 8-bit versions of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine.
Okay, in one of the strangest um, decisions I've probably made there, I was actually hoping the Mean Bean Machine music was going to be different on both uh, versions there. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 8-bit, as I said from the start, Scrambled Egg Zone, and then we had Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine from the Mega Drive and stages 1 to 4, and then the exact same track on the 16-bit, on the 8-bit version with Scenario. And apparently, um, Resident SD, or somebody claiming to be Resident SD, who knows, uh, wants a shout-out on the show. So, shout out to Resident SD. Mysterious person. Right, moving on. That's the. <laughs> um, we're in 1993 now, in the history of Sonic, and there's quite a few games that came out in 1993. In fact, including the two that we've just played music from, there is no less than eight games that came out. So, by this point, you could start to see that. Um, Sega was starting to realise they had a little bit of a uh, cash machine on their hands. Although the next track, uh, the next game that we're going to play, actually never saw a release outside of arcades. Which, you know, is a bit weird. It was, of course, Sega Sonic the Ha. Sega Sonic the Ha. Hi, hi. Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, the arcade game. Um, where you played it with a trackball and some buttons, and dear god, I've tried to play it emulated and it's a little bit difficult. Good game, music's pretty good. Um, then after that, we have, on the Master System, the first 8-bit game that wasn't based on anything else. In Japan it was called Sonic and Tails. Um, everywhere else, it was called Sonic Chaos, for some reason. I have no idea why it wasn't called Sonic and Tails outside of um, outside of Japan. Although, it, the same thing would happen again when Sonic Triple Trouble came out, because then, despite being the fourth Sonic game on uh, the 8-bit consoles, and being called Sonic and Tails 2 in Japan, they decided to call it Sonic Triple Trouble. It wasn't even called Sonic Chaos 2, although I did have a copy of a Master System magazine back in, uh, back when the game was released in 1994, that claimed that the game was being called Sonic Chaos 2 when planned for a um, Master System release. It didn't come out on Master System. So, apparently the Resident SD is the real Resident SD. Do apologise. Okay, um, after Sega Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Chaos, we have arguably, arguably, one of the most beloved Sonic games of all time. And if you don't believe me, you should probably check Twitter when the uh, when that particular track plays. It's huge. I'm quite liking how these music tracks are playing out at the moment, actually. I need to pad a little bit more. So, 1993, as we said, was when um, Sonic the Comic from Fleetway, uh, so that's the UK version of the comic, that's when that started printing. In fact, that was in uh, that was the end of May. It has recently just hit its uh, whatever birthday it is, 28? No, not 28, it's not 30 years old. Um, it's 20-something. 23. There we go. I'm trying to figure out 1993 to 2016. That that didn't work that well. Um, 
it ran for a very long time. I think it got to like 200 issues. It was for the long for quite a while the longest running video games comic in the world. Uh, Archie has since beaten it. So ah, uh, it's a shame. I loved I loved Sonic the comic, and it's a, it's it's a real shame that no one really put it back into print. So right, let's play some more music because. I need some more facts, but I don't have any facts right now. But we're going to go with three tracks that I think are really, really, really going to get you proper in the mood. And um, I'm kind of hoping I don't run out of tracks very soon, because we've already played nine in the first half an hour. And... Well, I'm sure at a point we'll, we'll, run, we'll run out of time. What you... Stop it! It's played too soon! Okay, so we have got a track from Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, the arcade game! It had Sonic the Hedgehog, Mighty the Armadillo, who wouldn't be seen again until Knuckles Chaotix, and Ray the Squirrel, who was only seen in this one game and was never seen again, although his face did crop up in Sonic Generations. But that wasn't until 2011, meaning that he was... that Ray the Squirrel probably has the longest gap between appearances in a Sonic game. Which is a bit strange. So, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, the arcade game, because apparently calling it Sonic the Hedgehog Arcade was a bit weird. Then we have Sonic and Tails, uh, otherwise known as Sonic Chaos. And then, because I looked it up, the first instance of a game that we have got that came out on the same format in two different countries with two different soundtracks that we are um, including on this show. There's only two instances where we're doing it. And the other one is Sonic 3D Blast um, when that came out in 1996. But the only thing you've got to ask, ask yourself is which version are we playing first?
Would you believe it? Our friend um, Resident SD in the IRC is not Resident SD in the IRC because he just tried to call Stardust Speedway from Sonic the Hedgehog CD on the uh, with the Japanese soundtrack um, a remix, and Resident SD would have known a lot better. Uh, Mr. Mr. Steve, if you are listening, I do apologise profusely. I'm sorry. There's someone pretending to be you! Uh, <laughs> take back your crown! Uh, right, so that was Stardust Speedway. Not a remix! There is not a single remix in this show. None whatsoever. Um, so that was Stardust Speedway, the bad future mix from the Japanese version of the soundtrack. Because apparently, according to my research, the Japanese version came out first. Go figure. Um, before that, Gigopolis Zone. I'm going to say that because I can't pronounce the Master System version. That was the Master System version of the uh, of the track. The the Game Gear version completely different. Uh, from Sonic Chaos, also known as Sonic and Tails, um, in Japan. And then before that, we had All Over for credits uh, from Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. I like that song. It's a really good song. It's also one of the only um, credits that I've put in at present. Obviously, I haven't finished soundtracking this this show yet, like the actual history of Sonic. So there could there could yet be more. So Sonic CD, which was being developed at the same time, would you believe it, as um, Sonic Hedgehog 2 in America, which is kind of weird. Because when you consider the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 came out first, mainly because of issues with Sonic CD, um, it's, it's kind of strange to feel that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 feels like a much better game and yet is older. And that's just personal opinion. You know, Sonic CD had a lot going for it. The soundtrack was brilliant um, and the special stages looked superb. But when you really consider it, it was like Sonic the Hedgehog 1 Extended Edition with time-travelling stages and a lot of major gimmickry. And gimmick is something that you would use to explain Sonic the Hedgehog when you start getting into the next three games that we're about to play. Because obviously, if you know your history, you know that Sonic CD came out in um, in two different uh, two different soundtracks, two different countries. In Japan and Europe, they had one soundtrack. And then in... Um, in America, they had a completely different one, with a completely different uh, composer. So, there you go. <sighs> um, and of course, you know, you probably wonder what tr- what game am I going to play, or what track am I going to play from Sonic CD? When we're also talking gimmicks. Um, we then have to go into the next games that we've got in this series. Also, a bit like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, the first game to be developed on here by, well, not including the 8-bit versions, of course, but the first games that aren't uh, a part of um, Sonic Team's history, because we've got a pinball game. A pinball game where they put Sonic in and you have to collect Chaos Emeralds and they're all green for some reason. Yeah, we're talking about Sonic Spinball and yeah, Sonic Spinball got an 8-bit version and quite strangely, if you look at the box art, now here's a fact for you, if you look at the box art for the Mega Drive and Master System versions, 
Um, you'll actually notice that they've got, and I'm, I'm going to just clarify this by looking at it myself, um, they've got two completely different versions of Eggman in there. Um, the Mega Drive Genesis version, whatever you want to call it, had classic um, Eggman, you know, Dr. Robotnik from the 8-bit Sonic game, from the 16-bit Sonic games, and then the Game Gear and Master System artwork had Dr. Eggman from the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Because of course he was. Um, if you're in Japan, it just had Sonic in a spinball. So, that was that. But, yeah. Also, strangely, the Robotnik render that they use in Sonic Spinball, uh, that they use in Sonic Chaos's box art for the Game Gear looks very, very similar to the egg, to the Robotnik that they use in the Mega Drive version of Sonic Spinball. Um, and also, despite the fact that it was called Sonic Spinball, uh, the um, European versions of the game tried to call it Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, and they even tried the same trick with Sonic Chaos, trying to call it Sonic the Hedgehog Chaos, which made no sense whatsoever. So, well, here we go then. How about this? So, obviously, as we said, we played Sonic the Hedgehog CD on the, from the Japanese and European soundtracks, which means that, naturally, the next game released was Sonic the Hedgehog CD um, in America, the American soundtrack. But what American track have we played, and what tracks have we chosen from Sonic Spinball 16-bit and 8-bit? Because after... and then after these, we're into 1994. And with that comes two of the best Sonic games ever, at least in my opinion.
Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, apparently. Um, and The Machine, which was the 8-bit, that's the 8-bit version, obviously. You could tell from the music, and not sounding as good as Toxic Caves. And then before that, Stardust Speedway, Bad Future Mix from the American soundtrack. Because with that one, I enlisted the help of Mina, who... Um, I'm pointing to an empty chair, she's not actually sat next to me. Um, she helped me pick that one because I couldn't decide, but it's okay. And now we've, we're done in 1993. We're moving on to 1994. That was 22 years ago. That's a long time. And Sonic is now completely ruling the world. Um, there's now, I think by this point, the second um, Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon has come out. Which means that there's a really weird overlap where Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic Satam, as it came to be known, uh, sort of were airing at the same time and giving you two completely different Sonics. One of them was really dark and gritty and the other one was really fun and zany. Um, so, you know, all a bit strange. And... Yeah, awkward. But then, something happened. Something happened that would change everything forever. And produced a moment which we still talk about today for some godforsaken reason. I don't know why. In 1993, Sonic... Uh, Sega released Sonic the Hedgehog 3 with one of the most... Either, it's either the worst kept secret or the best urban myth in the world with the revelation that Michael Jackson was working on the soundtrack then wasn't then his keyboarder his keyboardist if that's even a word actually then turned around and proved that he had been playing songs for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 when certain bits from Sonic the Hedgehog 3 tracks ended up in Michael Jackson tracks with the same keyboard player in like Carnival's Night Zone and um, the credits theme popping up in Stranger in Moscow and of all places. Um, Carnival Night Zone of course having a little bit of a breakdown in Jam by from the Dangerous album. It's all a little bit awkward. Um, after Sonic the Hedgehog 3 you may think that the next game that came out was Sonic and Knuckles but you'd be wrong because sandwiched in between the two um, there's two Game Gear games. By this point, the Master System had pretty much died around the world, so all future Sonic games released on the 8-bit system tended to be exclusive. Oh dear, do apologise. Uh, they tended to be exclusive for um, the Game Gear. So we have Sonic's very first racing game in Sonic Drift. And yes, if that has made you shudder with horror, it should. Sonic Drift was not brilliant. Um, Sonic Drift 2 was barely better. Um, but after Sonic Drift, we have the aforementioned, we, we talked, spoke about it earlier, uh, Sonic Triple Trouble. Or obviously if you look at the box art, Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, which again makes no sense. Um, or, as it was called in Japan, the more wisely named Sonic and Tails 2. Because, like the original game, Sonic and Tails, or Sonic Chaos, it was the first 8-bit, well, the second 8-bit game by this point, where you could play as someone other than Sonic. Because, well, 
not counting Sonic Drift, where you could play as like multiple characters, you know, because they were in cars. Um, but in a platforming sense, you could play as either Sonic or Tails. Hence the name. Kind of a surprising one, isn't it? So. But in the meantime, let's go back to that Michael Jackson rumour from um, Sonic Hedgehog 3. And if you are familiar with Michael Jackson music, and let's be honest, if you're not familiar with Michael Jackson music, I would, pre- I would prefer it very much if you could stop listening to this show, like now, go listen to Michael Jackson music, become a massive fan, and then download the podcast and carry on from here. Because then you'll notice the similarity, because obviously this being a History of Sonic show, I'm not about to start playing Michael Jackson music to punctuate the point. Alternatively, you could just go to YouTube, there's loads of videos about it on there. So, in this next music break, we have got Sonic the Hedgehog 3 on the Mega Drive, obviously. Then we're going into Sonic Drift on the Game Gear, and then Sonic Triple Trouble, again on the Game Gear. Um, two of these songs are iconic, and I bet you can't man- I bet you'll struggle to guess which one isn't.
Sunset Park train there from Sonic Triple Trouble, otherwise known as Sonic and Tails 2, from the Game Gear. Before that, Labyrinth from Sonic Drift, and then Carnival Night Zone Act 1 from Sonic the Hedgehog 3. We're still in 1994 for this next um, track, as we then go into another first for the... Um, the Sonic series, which is the first direct sequel. You could argue that um, Sonic 3 carried on from Sonic 2, because Sonic 2 ends with Super Sonic and Tails' biplane, and Sonic 3 starts with Super Sonic and Tails' biplane. Um, but there's no real sort of explanation as to how Super Sonic and the biplane find the floating island in the first place, when it's not floating. Um, Whereas with Sonic and Knuckles, you know it ha it continues straight on because even the title screen shows you because you watch the Death Egg crash back onto the floating island. You know the Death Egg that you just destroyed as Sonic in the previous game. So Sonic and Knuckles being quite iconic, as it was the second part of Sonic Three. Yeah, if you're kind of lived under a rock for the past 22 years, or you were kind of a newbie and you weren't aware, Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles were supposed to be one game, but were so massive that they had to split it in half, um, with one half becoming Sonic 3 and the other half being Sonic & Knuckles. To further prove this point, the Sonic & Knuckles cartridge had a nice little Mega Drive slot on the top where you could put your Mega, your um, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 cartridge in to unlock Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles, the full game as originally conceived, and the only way in which you can play a Sonic & Knuckles as Tails which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, because Tails isn't even meant to be in Sonic & Knuckles. You could alternatively put Sonic the Hedgehog 2 into Sonic & Knuckles, and then play Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with Knuckles, um, thus making Sonic the Hedgehog 2 bastard hard, and not an experience I'd ever suggest to anyone unless, well, you're a big fan of Dark Souls and you want to see what Dark Souls felt like back in 1994. You could also put any other Mega Drive game into into the Sonic and Knuckles slot, and it would unlock the um, Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles special stages, and in a special bonus game called Blue Sphere, where you could play it forever and you'd never complete it because they had over uh, allegedly over 100 million different configurations, and I'm sure if you go on Game FAQs, you can find passwords for every single one of them. So that was Sonic and Knuckles, and that was indeed the last game to come out in 1994. Which means we then move on to 1995, and everyone's favourite racing game came back for another uh, another crack of the whip, as we had Sonic Drift 2 on the Game Gear. Yep, it wasn't quite as bad as the first one, but it still wasn't brilliant. As you can probably gather by the fact that not many people actually remember Sonic Drift and Sonic Drift 2. Although Sega, for some godforsaken reason, has decided to release both of them quite recently on the Nintendo 3DS. So if you really, really, really enjoyed Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, then you can play a proper shit version of both of those games in 8-bit with a quite horrifying soundtrack. Following on, from um, 1995 was very much the year of the Sonic spin-off, and it was very much a year of the 8-bit consoles, with no fewer than four games coming out in 1995 alone on the, uh, on the Game Gear. The other game is the only Sonic game 
again a spin-off, to have been released on the Sega 32X. Nestled in between Sonic Drift 2 and Tails' Sky Patrol, which is coming up later, um, we had the game that Sonic Crackers turned out to be, back when Sonic Crackers was being developed for the Mega Drive, and then they switched it to the 32X, and then they gave it better graphics, and then they put a different character in the lead. We're talking about Knuckles Chaotix. Um, it's a pretty good game, although it's very, very strange, because every time you finish an act, you go back to the main level select, and you get to choose another level, and if you choose the same level again, then you get to play the next act, otherwise you play a different act, and you keep going to defeat the boss in all of them. And Metal Sonic turns up somewhere, and it's all very, very confusing, and one of the characters you can play as is a bomb, and although Knuckles is in the game, it's quite conceivable that you can play the entire game without Knuckles in it, um, which just makes absolutely no sense really, really strange. Um, it's all weird. So, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to present to you the next three songs in our History of Sonic for this week and the actual horrifying revelation that I've just had that if I do get through all of the tracks that I've got queued up at the moment um, it's only going to take us two weeks to get through all of them. So I'm kind of hoping that the songs we got later on are a little bit longer, so we can play less of them. <laughs> so we've got Sonic and Knuckles from the Mega Drive, then we're going into Sonic Drift 2 on the Game Gear, and Knuckles Chaotix on the 32X, which was called, I believe it was called the Mega 32X in Europe, but the Sega 32X everywhere else, because we're strange. You're listening to Radio Sega's History of Sonic. My name's Gavi, and, um, yeah, we are currently in the year 1994, moving in to 1995, but we've got to get through this track first.
Knuckles Chaotix there with the rather hip-hop themed uh, Midnight Greenhouse. Well, at least I think it sounds like a hip-hop track. Might just be me. Uh, before that, Balloon Panic, Sonic Drift 2 on the Game Gear, and then we had Sky Sanctuary, what else, on Sonic and Knuckles. Kind of a difficult choice on Sonic and Knuckles. We could have had... Um, completely forgotten the name of it now. Lava Reef Zone, could have had Mushroom Hill Zone. In fact, you could have had anything from Sonic and Knuckles' soundtrack, because... In my humble opinion, Sonic and Knuckles has a better soundtrack than Sonic 3. Yep, I said it. There you go. Um, also, interestingly, now this is something that I want to do a lot of, but I noticed this whilst playing through the soundtrack to um, to the to the Sonic Drift 2 whilst trying to soundtrack this show. I want to point something out and I, I am going to put it in here purely because it pads and I think it's interesting. Um, we are well aware that Sonic is known for its remixes. And we are well aware that tracks from games make their way into other games. For example, Green Hill Zone from Sonic 2 on the 8-bit ends up in Sonic CD in Japan as Sonic You Can Do Anything. Uh, similarly, it also a remix of said track also ends up in Sonic Chaos as Mecha Green Hill Zone. Um, you can also start to argue the point that other other Sonic tracks have sort of gone elsewhere. Why if I told you that there's a track from Sonic and Knuckles in Sonic Drift 2? Now, if you don't believe me, I'm going to play you a sample of both. Uh, I'm going to play you a sample of the Sonic Drift 2 track, and you should be able to recognise it. Let's just pause the talk bed for a moment, and I'm going to cue the track up. So this is Final Road from Sonic Drift 2, and in a nice little break from convention, we're going to go back in time a little bit, because um, we're still technically in 1994, um, to Sonic Drift 2, and a track that if you listen out hard enough, you might just recognise it. there you go. Because nobody actually cares for Sonic Drift 2, it's kind of conceivable that you never would have heard that before. <laughs> so yeah, Final Road from Sonic Drift 2 has the exact same music as the boss music from Sonic and Knuckles. Um, technically, well, specifically, the, the boss music. The, the So, that's a bit strange, isn't it? Found it yesterday, never noticed it before. So that's a nice little factoid for you. Sonic Drift 2 remixes Sonic and Knuckles. Um, right, back onto the history then. So, what's coming up next is a double bill of Tails! Because Tails kind of felt like he needed his own games. And everyone thought that, didn't they? So before Sonic had his adventure, Tails had an adventure. But before Tails had his adventure, he went on a Sky Patrol. So Tails' Sky Patrol and Tails' Adventure were two 8-bit platformers on the Game Gear, and both of them were completely different. Tails' Sky Patrol, as you could imagine, had Tails in a plane, and he would fly around and collect rings and fire missiles at enemies, like birds. 
So, you know, committing, like, murder to animals. And then in Tails' adventure, deciding he'd had enough of flying around in a plane and blowing birds up, he'd instead start throwing bombs at them instead. He, he would start throwing bombs at them instead. Because, of course, why not? Um, the games aren't very well renown- renowned for being brilliant. So I suppose we have to sort of get that out the way right now. Um, if you have ever played them, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, then be aware that they're not good games. So, yeah. it's quite a few people in the IRC just pointing out that they never knew that uh, Final Road had the music from the Sonic 3 and Sonic & Knuckles um, boss battle. In fact, it was the Sonic Sonic & Knuckles boss battle. It wasn't Sonic 3. Sonic 3 boss battle was different. Yeah, that one goes. Whoa, come on, do 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 do. Anyway, so yeah, the next talk, ba- uh, the next music break that we're about to go through is a Tails double bill as we go into yet more spin-offs with Tails Sky Patrol and then Tails uh, Tails Sky Patrol and Tails Adventure, because apparently Tails Sky Patrol needed an apostrophe, Tails Adventure didn't. Um, after that comes by far the worst Sonic game ever. What would you do? if you put Sonic in a pseudo 3D environment but then took away all of his speed and then put him in a maze yeah we're talking about Sonic Labyrinth it's utterly utterly terrible but don't worry after this the music gets a little bit better um, and I'm kind of hoping it pads out the next 45 minutes because we've only got six songs left
Sonic Labyrinth Act 3 because the levels were so memorable they didn't even have names they just got called acts and the music was a lot quicker than the gameplay Sonic Labyrinth is is probably not the best in the world uh, before that we had Caron Forest uh, from Tales Adventure and then Metal Island from Tales Sky Patrol all three of those games from the Game Gear and that takes us to the end of 1995 we're now in the point where we are 20 years ago 1996 now this is the game where Son- where Sega started to experiment a little bit when it comes to the um, the games that they would release. They were still in um, spin-off mode. As you might be aware, the next Sonic game, like actual Sonic game with any sort of meaningful storyline, wouldn't come about until Sonic Adventure in 1998. But we do have um, a couple of absolutely brilliant games coming up in the meantime. But uh, another truly shocking one to, to start it all off. Because you see, you can't have... After Sonic Labyrinth, the Game Gear had yet one more game in it. And unfortunately, the game that it had in it was a shocker. A real bad one. By the name of Sonic Blast. So you see... Basically, what had happened was Sega took a, had taken a look at the uh, Donkey Kong Country series on the SNES and the Donkey Kong Land um, series on the Game Boy and decided that they wanted something pretty similar, pre-rendered back, you know, pre-rendered graphics, um, you know, interesting gameplay, fantastic music, and what they decided. Was a game was to develop a game that would com- that would succeed in completely none of these areas. Um, so they developed Sonic Blast, which had pre-rendered backgrounds but poorly animated. The levels were bland as sin. Um, the music is completely unmemorable, as you'll probably notice by the fact when we play the next track, which comes from said game, and nobody, I think nobody played it. Rings, they make a random noise when you pick them up, but they disappear. There's no sound effect. You have to collect Chaos Emeralds in very random locations. It's just not a good game. It is, however, the only Game Gear game where you could play as Knuckles. Hooray! But could Knuckles do anything useful? No. We do, however, have... Well, we do, however, have, after this, two completely brilliant soundtracks for the same game, but with two different versions. Sonic gave Traveller's Tales the opportunity to develop a Sonic game. I say Sonic. Sega gave Traveller's Tales an opportunity to develop a Sonic game. And they came out with two completely different versions. They came out with a game called Sonic 3D, known in America as Sonic 3D Blast. And with the Mega Drive version, they pitched June Sonoy to create the soundtrack with a couple of songs that you might have heard in later Sonic games. And then for the Saturn version, they had Richard Jakes to produce another completely different soundtrack. Which is why, alongside Sonic CD, this is the only Sonic game that we are giving 
two different releases to um, in this episode. So, you know, that's something to look forward to for you lovely, lovely people. Um, in fact, I've just added a game in. I've just thought of one. So, yeah, Sonic 3D um, Blast on the Mega Drive and the Master System. Mega Drive and Master System? Wow, could you imagine Sonic 3D Blast on the Master System? Uh, this next batch of tracks, then, is all Blast-related, as we have Sonic Blast on the Game Gear, and then Sonic 3D Blast on the Mega Drive and the Sega Saturn. The Sega Saturn version, I believe, also came out on the, Sa on the PC. Um, but it's never been seen anywhere else since, which is a real, real shame. I don't even think uh, the Sonic Mega Drive collection, uh, the Sega Mega Drive collection on the uh, Xbox 360 and PS3 had it. Although I could be wrong, it might be on there. If it is, I need to fish it out and play it immediately because I love Sonic 3D. It's one of my favourites. But coming up, here's a totally awful track from a totally awful game. And I'm really sorry, I know we're here to celebrate Sonic's um, vast history of games, but when you're celebrating a history, you have to also accept that there are times when it's gone a little bit wrong. This following track is one of those times.
that was fun. Near on six minutes of weird sound effects and probably the most unlikely track I've ever heard in a Sonic game ever. Which is a recurring theme when you talk when you think about Richard Jakes and Sonic soundtracks. Uh, that was Sonic 3D on the Saturn, Spring Stadium Zone, Act 2. And before that, we had Panic Puppet Zone, Act 1, from Sonic 3D on the Mega Drive. Which you'd probably recognise if you played Trinkle Park on Sonic Adventure, which someone on Twitter did, and said that they were surprised. Hmm. 20 says 6 minutes. Yes! The Sonic 3D track was 5 minutes and 45 seconds. Doesn't feel like it, does it? Feels like it went on forever and ever and ever. Um, and then before that, we had Yellow Desert Zone from Sonic Blast on the Game Gear. So, moving on to the um, next game in our collection. We're still in 1996 when this one came out. And M2 decided that they were going to have a crack at a Sonic, fight, uh, a Sonic game. And they made it a Sonic fighting game. And it was called Sonic the Fighters because of course it was. Um, and this one was quite notable because I think it was based on the Virtua Fighter 2 engine but with fighting Vipers uh, style graphics in the sense that certain characters had armour that could be destroyed. Um, and there was also a rumour that there was going to be a fighting Vipers crossover with Honey and she was going to... Uh, with Candy, sorry. Or she was called Honey in Japan and then called Candy over here and she was meant to be a cat in Sonic the Fighters and she didn't get put in for whatever reason and this is the second arcade only game that we've got because up until Sonic Gems collection on the GameCube um, and then the eventual re-release on Xbox 360 Sonic the Fighters was never released outside of arcades um, you might also know it as Sonic Championship it was given two different name names for some reason probably because my talk bed stopped Rubbish! Forgot to press loop! Um, probably because Sonic Jam... Uh, Sonic, what am I doing? Sonic the Fighters make doesn't make any sense outside of... Um, a... Uh, well, audience. It's not exactly... I suppose they could have called it Sonic the Hedgehog the Fighters or Sonic the Hedgehog Championship, but they called it Sonic the Fighters or Sonic Championship. And I think Sonic Championship is the American name. Fun fact. I found a uh, arcade cabinet in Las Vegas for Sonic Championship. I tried playing it, and I was awful at it. So there you go. After Sonic Fighters, we then go exclusively into um, Sega Saturn territory with the only two original um, Sonic games to come out on the on the Sega Saturn. 3D Blast was obviously an enhanced port of the um, Mega Drive version with things like different textures, different special stage, which was good because the special stage on the Mega Drive version was ridiculously easy. In fact, I have never seen anybody ever fail a special stage on the Mega Drive version of Sonic 3D. If you have, can you please tell me that you did it? Because I'd love to know if it's possible to lose the special stage on Sonic 3D on the Mega Drive. Um, so, <laughs> so we have, after Sonic the Fighters, we had Sonic Jam, which, as well as giving you the Mega Drive games on the Sega Saturn, 
Um, so like Sonic's 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles. Sonic and Knuckles also did lock-on with Sonic's 1, 2 and 3. Um, you also had extra bonus features such as Sonic 1 including Spin Dash, which makes Sonic 1 ridiculously easy, but the special stages there are still really hard to complete. Um, it also added in a 3D world called Sonic World, where you could walk around and um, complete all sorts of missions for no real benefit whatsoever. Um, you had, and you could also view cartoon shorts of cartoons that would never come out ever again. Um, if you watch the Sonic the Hedgehog short Man of the Year, um, you will actually want to watch more based on that art style. And they never made any more because, despite it saying to be continued, they never made any. Um, you can also watch all of the adverts for the games, both uh, Japanese, I think they might have had some American ones as well, I can't remember. Definitely be able to watch the Japanese ones though, and some of those were a real treat. And you could also read all of the instruction manuals, both uh, American, European and Japanese, just in case you wanted to brush up on your Japanese or just look at the pretty pictures that the manuals had, as well as an array of music and special screensaver artwork and all sorts. You could put the Sonic Jam um, disc into your PC actually and start to pull off all of the artwork that was on there and use it as desktop images, which was fine back in 1996, uh, 1997 when Sonic Jam came out. Um, but if you tried to do it now, the, the pictures would come out looking massively pixelated and not very nice at all. 1997 also came with it the first decent Sonic game. Uh, uh, Sonic Racing game. Sorry, not the first decent Sonic game. We've played quite a few of those tonight already. Um, and in that game, we are of course talking about Sonic R, which again was developed by our good friends at Traveller's Tales, who, if you've ever played any LEGO game, you now know who Traveller's Tales are, because they were developed by TT Games, which is what Traveller's Tales ended up renaming themselves to. So if you've ever heard of TT Games, then now you know who they are. They were the original studio who developed Sonic 3D on the Mega Drive and the Saturn and then went on to develop Sonic R on the Saturn which later came out on the PS on the PC and then later came out on like loads of collections. Gems, Gems Collection it came out on and I don't think it's been seen since but Sonic R has got a really really good soundtrack and I enjoy it a lot. So we have come to the end of today's show in the sense of um, the music that I've got queued up. So after these next three tracks we will go through a little tease as to what you can expect to hear on next week's show. But in the meantime, here's your final batch of music for Act 1 of the History of Sonic as we go from Sonic the Fighters on the arcade to Sonic Jam on the Saturn, and don't worry, it's not going to be the same music that you've been listening to all show. And then we finish off with Sonic R, also on the Sega Saturn.
Supersonic Racing from Sonic R on the Saturn and before that Time Attack from Sonic Jam and then before that Flying Carpet also known as Back to Soul from Sonic the Fighters and therein concludes Act 1 of the History of Sonic and also what you could consider to be the classic era. I'll be honest I actually didn't think we'd get through all of those songs in one show but now that I actually look at the list it's not that very longer list. So we started from Sonic the Hedgehog on the Mega Drive back in 1991 and we finished with Sonic R on the Saturn in 1997. So that's six years of history. Starting from next week we're going into 1998 with Sonic's first 3D adventure in Sonic Adventure. We then take him through some handhelds, some poorly chosen party games as well as a couple of uh, uh, spin-offs that he had along the way. We might even have one of the most hated reboots of all time. All that to come and more on a very action-packed History of Sonic Act 2. Should we get to the end of... Uh, when we do get the, to the end of the History of Sonic, whether that's in Act 2 or Act 3, the rest of the time will be padded with remixes, both official and fan-made. Although, depending on how we get through the shows, what we might actually end up doing to be a bit easier um, would be to dedicate one remix show to official remixes and one to fan-made ones. Or, you know, official and spin-off-y bits. So, my name's been Gavi. You've been listening to Radio Sega's History of Sonic Act 1, 
as we've gone through the first six years of Sonic's illustrious history from the past 25. Join us next Saturday at 10pm UK time for yet another mix of Sonic music starting from um, Sonic Adventure on the Sega Dreamcast and moving onwards from there. I know this show hasn't quite two hours but to be honest I actually have run out and now I'm just going to find I found a game over music yay so the same way that we use Sonic Generations to start the show we'll be using Sonic Generations to end it my name's been Gavi thank you for listening to the history of Sonic the voice of Sega is coming up uh, very shortly and I'll see you next week for Act 2 good night Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.